you know, in business, in the, in the corporate world, they, they talk about success is created from three things. You got to have strong management, you need good employees, and you need culture. In the sporting arena, management's coaching, employees are players, and culture's chemistry. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon Wilson, and this is the podcast 100% dedicated to the best position in sports. I'm, of course, talking about the lacrosse goalie. We took a break from the podcast last week as we did the virtual lacrosse goalie summit four, which was an amazing, amazing event. But we are back this week with an amazing guest. It is Mike Federico Piggy, as they call him. And we talk about how he got that nickname in this episode. Mike is another Johns Hopkins great. So we are on a legendary Johns Hopkins run here on this podcast We had Larry Quinn, we had Jesse Schwartzman, we have Mike Federico, oh, and thrown in there, we had Jack Webb, future Johns Hopkins great. Piggy was one of the top goalies in college lacrosse in the last 25 years. Federico led Johns Hopkins to three straight NCAA championships. That's 19, 78, 79, and 80. He's a member of the all-time Johns Hopkins team and the NCAA Silver Anniversary Team. Federico was a three-time first-team All-American, three-time first-team All-American, and three-time recipient of the C. Marklin Kelly Award. That's the award for the best goalie in D1 college. At the time, he was just the second goalie to do that feat, and he pretty much dominated the NCAA tournament. Uh, Six of nine opponents he held to less than 10 goals and gave up just 22 goals in three games during the 1979 tournament. You're going to feel Mike's passion for this position, for this sport. So, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this conversation with Mike Piggy Federico. Before we begin this episode, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is my own Lacrosse Goalie Summit. So if you missed the event last week for four days, four sessions per day, we had some of the most elite lacrosse goalie coaches in the sport come out and give just amazing, amazing webinars, really some premier lacrosse goalie education, the kind of stuff I wish I had back when I was first getting started. So inspirational, so uh, educational, and just amazing stuff. The summit is over, but you can still grab access, lifetime access, to those replays. That's over 17 hours of instruction, and it boils down to like $4 an hour, a value that you're not going to find anywhere else. So if you want to learn what those sessions are and grab lifetime access you can go to pass.goaliesummit.com, P-A-S-S, pass.goaliesummit.com, and you can grab lifetime access to those sessions. Now, let's enjoy this episode. Well, I guess to start out, I started as a midfielder, and um, I was at Boys Latin, and I was in the 
eighth grade and we had uh, one of our goalkeepers got injured. And so Ridge Warfield, our coach at the time said, you had a brother that played goalie at Virginia. You got a goalie stick at home, bring it in tomorrow. You're going to be the other goalie. And that's really how it kind of started. And um, so it's pretty miserable for a couple of years trying to, you know, understand the, the position and, and accept uh, that I had a new role on the team. And it was uh, interesting because uh, some challenges in high school, um, not being able to stay with my, a lot of my classmates who were able to progress to some of the higher teams when I, and I, you know, uh, stuck on a uh, freshman one year that I got cut from the JV. And that was really the, I guess if there's a catalyst in my career that really got me, uh, it really got me motivated to uh, work hard and really figure out how to get better at the position because uh, no one likes to get cut. And um, it was a good thing. I learned from it and I got better from it. And I just kind of carried that into my rest of my high school career and, uh, Going into college, I um, applied to four colleges. Two of them I got cut, I got uh, declined from, didn't get uh, accepted. Uh, and I wound up actually at Hopkins kind of by default because my first choice was UVA, didn't get accepted. Rodney Roman was my idol. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I uh, WNL already had, was loaded with goalkeepers. So uh, I was between Maryland and Hopkins, and and my brother was at Hopkins. I followed him down Charles Street, and um, we continued to work hard. And you know, um, you know, the rest kind of just kind of we were blessed with a lot of talent, great coaches, and uh, the ability to figure out how to you know in business in the in the corporate world they. They talk about success is created from three things. You got to have strong management. You need good employees and you need culture Mm. in the sporting arena. Management's coaching employees are players and cultures chemistry. And that's the secret sauce that I think when we were going through college, we were blessed to have really, really top tier coaches we had players and and they had the ability to kind of put it all together. And it was uh, was a lot of fun. Yeah. I love it. Well, there's so, there's so much good info in that, in that one little, one little, one little uh, paragraph right there. I had Rodney Ruman on the show, by the way, he's a good friend. Um, He's awesome. Awesome guy. Uh, But kind of, yeah. Yeah. Just going back to, to the beginning. um, So the, you know, they say you got a goalie stick, Mike, you're in goal starting tomorrow. A lot of kids, you know, when they first start out nowadays say like, well, how do I get, you know, I'm scared of the ball. Like, it's just not this, it's not this natural thing to jump in front um, of these shots with very little protection. So, you know, is that something you dealt with? Were you, you know, in those first couple of, you might even have said first couple of years, um, you know, is that, is that like a challenge you had to overcome? Nah, not really. I mean, it just, um, you know, you, you, if you don't, if you can't accept that, I mean, when we came through school, our, the coaches taught us to, as we played to attack the ball. Mm-hmm. I think one of my weaknesses as a 
goalkeeper might have been, I was a little too toey. I was a little too anxious. And, and that's something that I think if you got a guy like Larry Quinn or some of these guys that are so patient, you know, their, their patience makes the, the shooter miss the cage. And, uh, but you can't be willing to accept the fact that you're going to sacrifice your body to, you gotta, you know, you gotta step to the ball. You gotta mm-hmm. play the ball. It's kind of like an analogy would be, you know, if you're playing shortstop in baseball, you don't let the ball play you. You play the ball, you go to it and play it. And and we had a little different situation back in the day. Everything was grass. So yeah. you, you really got to go to it because you don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. It could bounce in any direction. And it's a little truer today. I'm not saying it's easier. I wouldn't want to be playing today because they throw it so hard. I'm sure <laughs> it hurts a lot more than it did back then. Yeah, they really do. Uh, so then you're saying at, at boys Latin, you go out for the JV team and get, and get cut from the JV lacrosse team. Is that right? Uh, correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I was talking with like a sports psychologist and he said like a lot of elite athletes always have that, that moment where um, people like say you can't do it. And whether that's like being cut like Michael Jordan or, or literally someone telling them, you know, hey, you're not going to make it. And they use that as inspiration. Was that did you kind of get that fire to kind of get better or, or what did that how did, you know, getting cut? Well, like affect you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, initially I, I uh, said to the coach, you know what, I, I, I know I can make the JV at midfield or at midfield. I would, I'm going to just go back and play midfield. He said, nope, freshman team needs a goalie. You're playing goalie. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I said, okay, I got like I'll do it. Yeah, I'm doing it for the team. But it, it was, um, you know, it was, it was a time when, uh, you know, I, I, I started to understand and, and work at, you know, playing as best as I could. And it, it was starting to click better. And so my sophomore year, I went out for the varsity. I never played JV and I made the JV team. And, um, excuse me, I made the varsity team, but I didn't start. I was on the team, but I was a backup. But um, uh, it, it was worth making the team and, and playing behind a senior because, you know, practice is every day. If you're playing up, you're getting really good experience in practice yeah. every day. And uh, I played behind, actually, as fate would have it, uh, a, a, a fellow who – uh, started for Boys Latin, graduated in 1974, named Bryant Waters. And we ultimately wound up meeting again in 1979 in the championship game. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Comes full circle. Yeah, so I was going to ask, so did you have any like goalie coaching or did you sort of learn how to make saves just kind of by watching some of the some of the older guys do it? I probably had some of the best co- goalie coaches that um, – you know, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of great ones, but I had Willie Scroggs, who started his career at Hopkins, actually, before getting down to Carolina. He was amazing. Actually, the, the, uh, I remember when we played in, in maybe middle, yeah, maybe freshman year, and, and SDX comes out with that first triangular, very heavy plastic, and it had a, a wooden handle, and they were heavy, and a year or two, or two later, or several years later, as I'm in, uh, the, the sticks are getting a little lighter, a little better. And the first real lightweight plastic stick was really brine, brought it out before STX. 
SDX had the first plastic, but the real lightweight plastic Brian brought out, but it didn't have the tensile strength in the head. So it was a little wobbly, but it was so much lighter. You had to use it yeah, and just had to be used to it. And they used, they had the mesh that was not as um, firm. So the ball swam around more and you couldn't get a handle on the ball as well in, in the pocket of your stick. So it had some disadvantages to it, but over time, you know, uh, with with the technology and all, you, you you find what you like and you keep, you know, working on your stick and all. But the coaching, uh, Jerry Pfeiffer, or Pfeiffer, he had a kid that went to, I believe, Syracuse, played in the goal. He was a great coach. Uh, you know, and, they, and you know, I get warmed up at halftime by Joe Callen. So, you know, it was, it was well, you know, well coached. At yeah, least I had a good shot at it. You know, I got good warm-ups and I had a lot of good coaches saying, you know, make sure you're doing this or doing that. And um, you know, and then I over the years I would uh go in the and and coach at Bob Scott's lacrosse camp that he had for 35 or 40 years at Gilman School, and we coached the goalies and always liked trying to help them uh understand how to play better position, play uh you know, just touch on a variety of issues, uh, little things that even uh, coaches don't think about is just having a proper warm up mm-hmm. is is critical. I mean, a lot of kids get out there. The coach say they'll get a guy and take them to the to the field and they start throwing at them. And then you know that's not the right way to warm up. You got to have a routine. It's got to be consistent. You got to the warm up is to get your head in the game as much as you know to get loosened up physically and um, getting your eye on the ball. Willie one time came to a kind of a funny story. He came to the practice one day when he was still at Hopkins and it was in the off season and he's got it, uh, takes us in the back gym and says, you know what, put, leave your sticks on the side today. We're going to play badminton. <laughs> so, I mean, we did a lot of things, jumped a lot of rope. Yeah. Um, but it, it was always fun. You know, whatever. They, they used to let us play a lot of basketball. And I encourage kids to play multiple sports when I talk to them because, you know, basketball is going to help you in any other sport. Tremendously. Tremendously. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a huge advocate of goalies and just athletes in general playing other sports. Uh, Basketball helps you, uh, you know, racquetball or pickleball, that like explosive, you know, reaction, even even ping pong for that matter. Like any of those any of those sports are really good for the hand eye coordination and your explosion. Played a lot of squash. Squash. Yeah. Squash is great. Is is awesome. Um, what about like your style of play? Like if you had to kind of describe your style, when it, when I go back and I try to find, you know, Mike, Mike Federico, uh, uh, tape, there's not much, there's not much out there. So I haven't been able to watch many, many games. Um, you know, the style obviously back, I mean, you played, you know, you played, uh, late, late seventies, early eighties at Hopkins. And the style was obviously very, the style of play of lacrosse was very different because of the equipment and just, you know, some of the, the rules and how the game played, but your style of goal, like how would you describe kind of how, how you played? You know, it's, it's, uh, my style, I guess would be described as, uh, understanding that my primary job, it took me a little while to, to figure this out too, because I was fortunate to play, my freshman year at Hopkins behind a great goalkeeper, Kevin Mahan. Kevin was fast as a deer. And he, you know, he'd pick up a loose ball and be running down the field. He could have taken a few 
many shots. Could have made some goals in his career. I can't remember, but I always wanted to be like Kevin because he could go out of the goal, get the ball. And I figure if you got the ball, they can't score on you. Well, you got to pick your spots. And and one day uh, uh, I did it, and one of the guys, Joey Devlin, just blasted me. I didn't see him. And Chick Rooney says, if you do that again, you'll never play here. And so I said, yes, sir. Got back in the little circle there and uh, said, just, you know, keep the ball out of the cage and uh, run the defense. And uh, I think, you you know, you might have a shot here. And so, um, but, but what I believed as far as my style of play was uh, I didn't play a high arc and I didn't play a real low arc into the face of the goal. Um, but I, um, actually, if, if you, it's actually worth sharing, but I, I, uh, a story about goalies, um, and, uh, people that, you know, and I know I, uh, was at a hot, I have seven kids, as I mentioned, and one of my kids is, uh, my, my youngest daughter is a twin. She played goalkeeper. She was a goalkeeper, had a nice career at Johns Hopkins. And she said, she, I picked her up years ago at rec well, on Saturday with her twin sister and she puts her cleats up on my, on my uh, dashboard. And she says, and, and her sister in the back says, uh, don't talk to her. She's really mad. I said, what's the matter? She says, you want to know what's the matter? Everything you tell me and everything my coach tells me, it's the exact opposite. And I don't know what to do. I said, holy smoke, this is bad. So I said, well, I said, let's go down to the Hopkins game. They got a home game today. Let's get some popcorn or something, watch the game. You know, we'll figure this all out. So I go down there and I see my good friend down there on the fence. And I go down to see him while I'm getting them some, getting the kids some food. And I talk to him. He says, hey, did you see Billy's down the other end uh, scouting the game? I said, Billy. He said, yeah, Tini's down there. I said, daggone it. I got to go ask him a question. So I run down to the other end of the stands, run up the stands. I see him. And we knew each other from over the years. I said, hey, coach, I, you know, I know it's halftime here, but quick question. Got to ask you a question. Uh, the arc in the women's game and the men's game, is it the same concept in the goal? The goals are the same dimensions, everything the same. He said, identical. Why? He said, let me guess. You got a kid, a, a girl that's a, a goalkeeper. <laughs> I said, you're kidding me. He said, well, I got Brianna and Trevor. And he helps her, you know, we, I've been through this. <laughs> so, yep. uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, you know, you know, so, but, but I guess your style, I get the back to that specifically. Um, you know, I always believe that uh, uh, a big part of it was just thinking about, you know, being the ball, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you, you know, you gotta be the one with the ball. So, you know, you got to be in shape. You got to be fit. You got to be in good condition. You know, like I said, we jumped a lot of rope. We, we did a lot of stuff. And, and it was just a matter of practicing, you know, lots of wall ball, uh, lots of good, you know, working on your stick work. Um, always thinking about what you were weak at and where you, you know, even little, very little things. One of the things I see a lot of younger kids doing as they're in the cage is the balls that right had left behind they'll be standing right facing the ball, facing the pipe. It's right on the pipe. Mm, yeah. And in my mind, you know, you always want to be square with the ball and have one foot pretty close to the center of the goal. So if the guy drives lefty, you just move their left ankle to the pipe. 
it's one step and you got the pipe covered. If they throw the ball backside, you just pivot on your left foot and you one step, you got the whole goal covered. Mm-hmm. And um, as opposed to me, Sal, I see a lot of these kids are playing uh, with their back to the ball and they just turn a neck and uh, it's tough to intercept the pass with your back to the ball. Yeah. Um, that's how I coach it so, as well. That's how I coach it as well. Kind of be like, like if the ball's back, let's see back, right. You're kind of like mirroring it. And, and like you said, then you're just one pivot away from hitting either pipe, depending upon which way the ball goes. So I, I like that style. Yeah. 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 And, and, but, um, you know, work thinking about, um, continually thinking about where you're missing, you know, where you're weak, mm. uh, when my senior year, I know that before I started my senior year, I, I said, you know, there's things I'm not good at. And one of them was I wasn't as good clearing the ball as I thought I should be. So I just worked really a lot on my opposite hand. So if I'm running and getting hounded by an attacker, I I have to be able to make a, a pinpoint pass when I'm sprinting with my opposite hand. I mean, you know, you can't, you can never stop improving. Once you stop improving, you're through. 100% agree. Yeah. And work, work on those weaknesses until they become strengths. Um, whether that's like a specific style of shot, or like you said, clearing or uh, communication or, or just keeping, you know, the whole mental element of the game. Uh, a lot of stuff you could work on as a goalie. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I want, so I wanted to ask you, so it sounded like you didn't, did you get recruited at Hopkins? It, the way you were telling the story at the beginning, it kind of sounded like you, you applied to the school and then kind of went out for the lacrosse team or how, how did you end up um, on John Hopkins lacrosse team? Well, um, I, when I was in uh, high school, my freshman year, I played on the freshman team. My sophomore year, I was on the varsity as a backup. My junior year, we had three keepers that rotated. So just got about a third playing time. And finally, my senior year, I started on the varsity in high school, and I had a have a brother who was an All American in football and lacrosse in high school. He went. He got. He had, must have had six or seven scholarships to colleges: Virginia, Carolina, Bucknell, variety of schools. Full freight, everything. He went to Hopkins, um, and and I thought, you know, since I didn't get into a lot of the other schools, I said, well, I want to be with my brother. I'll go to Hopkins. And, um, and um, you know, we just uh, kept, you know, working and trying to get improve. And um, and that's really what it was all about. It was always fun. When we played, it was everything was fun. Mm-hmm. We would play games. Our workouts were games, were, were contests. Everything was we they 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 had a ability to help us understand that you know if you're not having fun while you're doing it why do it mm-hmm. and it's not that we weren't serious but it was just that we were um you know if, if you know it, it made it more you know more enjoyable and they thought if, if they're enjoying it more, more they enjoy it the more they're going to probably be better at it and uh and they just had a way to to understand, they get you to, and they inspired you. They, uh, you know, they've respected you. And, um, you know, Chick was a, 
was a heck of a leader. Mm. Yeah. And when, when you get there to Hopkins, is there, you know, did I imagine the level of play is a little bit faster, a little bit better, you know, did your style change? Were you, were you getting a lot more goalie coaching or was it just, you know, relying on, on some of the stuff that, that you had, um, that you'd already knew? You know, I, I think it, you know, to me, it was really just trying to keep it simple. Don't make mistakes. Don't, you know, play good position, continue to be, you know, work harder and harder at staying focused on the ball and attack the ball as it's shot, as it's shot, not before it's shot, mm-hmm. not after it's shot, uh, but as it's shot and try to control it. I mean, the, the you know, I think the, the real art and and playing in the goal, as you know, is, is, you know, it's nice to keep the ball out of the goal. It's even nicer to save it and control it. And then it's really nice to save it, control it and start the fast break. And, um, you know, not every stop is a clean stop. Uh, you know, we make some of them with their feet and some of them with their elbow and some of them with their chest, um, or our nose <laughs> or many other places, but um, it's always great to get your net on it. So you can get it going the other direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's the magic trifecta, right? Stop it, you know, clean save and then make a, make a sweet outlet pass to start a fast break. That's what you're going for every, every yeah. single time. I love those Th- thing of beauty thing of beauty. Um, so you guys end up going, you know, th- or three straight national championships, uh, 78, 79 and 80. Um, what do you think, you know, were those, were those teams just stacked? Was it, you know, a product of good coaching? Was it, you know, all of the above kind of what you mentioned at the beginning, the management, the, you know, the, the employees and the culture, what, what do you think made those teams so great? I, I think uh, every year that we were in college, we had, leaders, players that were, you know, uh, leaders. And I don't want to, I, I hope I don't leave any names out, but, but to share the ones that just stick in my mind and, and, um, you know, in, in, in 78, when we won, when we won it, it was Mike O'Neill in my mind. And, um, you know, in, in, um, and a, a little tidbit about 78, uh, we had a freshman face-off guy that took 18 of 21 draws against their co-captain. Uh, his name was Ned Radable. And, um, I mean, if, <laughs> if anything won that game, that did. 18 yeah, to really. 20 against, uh, against the guy, uh, the Cornell guy, um, who's a great player and you know, we just, uh, I think a big part too, Damon, of that whole year and that whole uh, time that when we went through, obviously the 77 championship game down at Scott Stadium, uh, I was, you know, I was on the bench most of the game. I did play the fourth quarter, but to be on that field and understand the feeling of, of the loss, you um, mm. You know, you don't want to do that again. Yeah. And that was really, that was really one of the biggest motivational things is when you, you're on, on a field and I mean, we got, we got beat very 
handily. Mm. And you just say, you know, that doesn't feel good. <laughs> Don't want to do that again. Right. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, uh, in 78, we had some great leaders on the team at Mike O'Neill and a few of the other guys that, that um, there's so many of them. I don't want to, Mike was a captain, but the next year, 79, uh, we were fortunate and stayed healthy. And we had a set of co-captains, uh, Steve Way and, and Dave Huntley. And they were, they were great leaders and they had an ability to continue to keep the team strong and, and, you know, just good, uh, good chemistry. And then uh, we had Greenberg at Bidney um, in, in 80. Uh, and those guys, you know, Mark was probably one of the best defensemen I ever played. And, and Bidney was a kid who Chick actually is, it is in his uh, recruiting time, wasn't sure he wanted them. And uh, uh, God rest his soul, he passed. But uh, yeah, Bidney gets the winning assist against Virginia in sudden death. And, uh, and you know, so pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, in so '78, you win, you know, goalie of the year, um, and also in in '79, um, same thing. Is there, you know, is that when you really start peaking in terms of like your your goalie play, or 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 was it, you know, it, you know, your confidence just started like coming in, and um, you you were just really really feeling on top of your game, or or was it sort of a, of a, a product of you know, the, the entire defense or how did that season was, go for you? I think it was a product of the fact that we had a lot of great defensemen, mm-hmm. great coaching. And I never really looked at it as, you know, whatever the recognition was on an individual level. To me, I just wanted to represent the school mm-hmm. and make sure that we, would go and do the best that we were capable. And, um, you know, uh, let the chips fall where they may. I mean, I, I think that um, when I look back on it, it was all, uh, you know, there was no, as you know, there's no I in the letter in the word team. We, we just went out and played hard, played fair, but we didn't want to lose. We just had a really burning desire to win, and it comes from the top. I mean, Chick Roney, Freddie Smith, Schneidman, these guys, they just, you know, winning's a habit. Mm-hmm. And um, and if, if you pay the price and you work hard um, and, you, you know, and you believe in yourself, um, you may surprise yourself. But um, we had a lot of fun along the way. I mean, yeah. we, uh, you know, it was it was a lot of great to me. The whole thing was the friendships and the relationships that we've uh, continued to. Uh, Ten of us were up at Rutgers two weeks ago. Wow. I should send you a picture. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I, was, yeah. Uh, I've, I've always said that, uh, you know, the, the relationships and the, and the, and the guys you meet, um, and just, you know, what you go through as a team. I mean, the, one of the attackmen on my college team was my best man. And, um, you know, a couple other guys were in the wedding party and just guys that I still keep in contact with to these days. So it's, it's an amazing bond lacrosse. It's, it's really, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a, uh, a great, um, a great part of, of 
our lives. I mean, it's a big part of Baltimore, always has been. And it's a it's a big uh, part of, you know, a lot of our relationships. Um, my uh, my wife's maiden name is Halls. You might know that name. Pretty big lacrosse family from Carolina. And um, uh, a lot of brothers played ball down there with, for Willie and those guys. And when they were they're back at it again now, they're doing great. And they were great in the 80s um, with a lot of other guys. Uh, but, I, you know, I think um, it, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like it's a little bit of culture. Uh, lacrosse is uh, it's a part of a part of life. Um, it's just uh, when you come when you come up in Baltimore, it's not necessarily going to be baseball. <laughs> yeah, baseball's around, but uh, we prefer the old Indian game for sure. Good, good. I love it. Uh, when you were talking about leaders on the defense, um, you didn't you didn't mention yourself. So I, I'm wondering, you know, was that out of being humble, or you know, was was being a leader of the defense? Um, not a part of your game, or were you that type of goalie, you know, that was really vocal, really loud, really letting defenders know yeah. when, when they mess up? Um, no, I, I don't believe in um, that uh, technique. My, my technique was more uh, if a defender went over the head and got beat, and I got scored on, I still got scored on. And I may say, you know, Hey, let my comment would just be, look, let's get him next time. He knows what he may have done differently. Um, but it's all positive reinforcement, mm -hmm. uh, constant positive reinforcement. And it, I think, um, just, uh, another thing about that's important about, as you know, goalie play is being a leader and you have to be vocal but you can't be too, you know, too much is not good either. So there's a kind of a fine line between, fit, you know, barking out uh, directives, keeping your orders consistent. Everybody knows what you're saying. They're clear about it. And, um, you know, it, it's uh, and, and, you know, they need they need us to do that because, you know, they're focused on their job and, and anything we can help them with that uh, can help them do their job better. That's an important aspect of kind of connecting, helping connect the dots and keeping the, you know, the puzzle in place, so to speak. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's a very important leadership thing, but it, part of being a leader too uh, is not even, a lot of times it's, you know, best thing you can do is not say anything. Sometimes it's the way you behave. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're the last one to get to the field of practice, and then your first one off the field of practice, or if you're, you know, or if you're always complaining about something, I mean, you know, that's no good. You, you, you know, it's about understanding how you can listen to everybody around you, take the information and improve the situation. It's very simple. Yeah. Great points. Absolutely. Great points. Yeah. Leadership. It's, it's, it's a complex thing. And, and sometimes though, it's not like just, just, you know, work, work hard and kind of lead by example. If you, especially that works really well, if you're like a freshman and you're just getting started. And sometimes goalies ask me like, Hey, it's like my first year. How do I show them I'm a leader? I don't necessarily want to be barking and ordering people around because I got no, uh, I haven't earned any, uh -huh. any of that respect. Well, like you just said, Mike, like show up early, leave late, you know, we're outwork everyone else and you'll, you'll get that respect real quick. 
it's yeah, it's actions speak louder than words for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Um, are you still uh, coaching these days? Do you, do you coach lacrosse, coach goalies? I, I coached at the Bob Scott lacrosse camp for many years. And then I coached briefly at Loyola High School for the JV for a brief period of time. But over the last 20 plus years, from time to time, I've had many players that would uh, I'd work with just in a very short, you know, go out once or twice or a couple of times just to help them get, you know, see what's going on and, and try to give them some suggestions. I might know their parents or might know their uncle or their friend and they say, Hey, I got this kid. He's, you know, I think you could help him with some stuff. And I've always, always done that. Um, and you know, it's, I've always enjoyed it, but, uh, you know, it, it's, I think the, the thing about the goal position that is really important again, is that a lot of it's just keeping it simple and, and having the right mindset and believing in yourself and, and, and really, um, you know, it's a lot of, to do with balance, having good balance and, you know, just finding your, your strengths. And, and, you know, if you're a, obviously a, a bigger goalie, um, it might not be wise to be wandering too far out of the goal too frequently. You know, if you're like Quint or one of these guys that's a little more agile and, you know, they, they, they're faster, quicker, they can afford to run around more, but at the same time too, um, again, you know, just position in the, in the goal. I mean, by having good position, a lot of times either the ball is going to hit you or they're going to miss the goal. And, and, uh, you know, so it's, then that's, it. that's something that you, it just takes work and time and practice just, you know, so it's almost, you're not thinking about really almost where you even are in the goal when you're in the goal, you're, you know, you're moving right. in your spots and, you know, you can, you know, almost know without you know, without looking to your left where the pipe is, you know, your elbow's just about a 16th of an inch away from it. But, you know, it's all about practicing and getting into your uh, routine and um, trying to have kids understand that as they practice, you know, you have a routine that, that they can consider um, part of their overall program individually where, you know, they, um, you know, there's so many things that go into it. I mean, whether it's, uh, you know, what kind of stick they're using, how long a handle that you should you use on a, on a lacrosse stick because of making passes. You can't throw a long pass with a real short lacrosse stick. Or it's hard to. Right. It's very difficult to. And, you know, so you get uh, um, a lot of different uh, things that you, you think about to uh, integrate into your game to help you, you know, ultimately have the, the best, uh, results. Yeah. You mentioned the, uh, you know, having the right, the right mindset, right. Sort of the, the mental side, it's so important as lacrosse goalies. What were some of the, you know, when you think about your mental toughness or, you know, your mental game, what, what are some of the lessons that come to mind that, that, um, that, that you would teach to, you know, younger lacrosse goalies? I think the biggest one is you're going to get scored on. Think about it, you know, and and learn from it and um, move on. I mean, you're going to get scored on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's no question. And you can't get upset about it. You can't get pissed off about it. You just got to get back in there 
you know, maybe you make a couple practice steps to where you might have stepped that would have been a better state potential save uh, and uh, get get the next one. It's always, you know, just go back and get the next one. It's almost it's almost a cliche on this podcast. It's that next shot mentality, but it's so true. It's so true. It's it's a cliche because it is true. Yeah. Um, did you have any sort of like uh, routine that you went through, like when you gave up a goal? Well, yeah, I, I did. Uh, the ball, you know, obviously you, the ref gets the ball, and you go back and you visualize exactly what you just missed and how you would make a motion to get back in four or five times, revisit that offside by your ankle, offside by your hip, offside by your ear or five hole or, you know, right at your stick and whatever it would be, but, and make the step to the ball, you know, get ready. Um, you know, I had seen a lot of uh, things over the years with, with kids that with their, um, you know, technique and and it's kind of like um you know when i would try to help kids when coaching them if they aren't doing anything drastically wrong with their technique i would i wouldn't suggest they change their styles too much with for instance how they're holding their stick or thing because if they're effective and they're doing it and they're getting the job done but, you know, sometimes you can see little tiny little things that will be, you, you say that's something that's clear. Um, I remember one time Jerry Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer says to me, Michael, you're on the pipe and your stick is way outside of the goal. Why do you have it way over there? And I said, yeah, that, that's probably that because it was a habit I gotten into. And just to lock my body against the pipe so I didn't come off the pipe. And um, and I realized, though, that as my stick was there, it wasn't in very good saving position, ready position to make a, a good save, you know, offside. Mm-hmm. So those, those types of things you kind of like think to yourself, you know, just little things here and there, they all add up to making you have better results. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, when you get to a certain level, um, you know, it's not, it's not about redoing the goalie from the ground up. Like when you, when you're a youth, yeah. Like you got to learn the basics and you got to learn your stance and your, your positioning and, you know, how, how do you move to a shot, you know, the save movement you got to learn all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, at a certain point, like when you're working with a goalie, it's just, it's just about those little tweaks, you know, like that story you just mentioned about, Hey, did you know your stick is actually outside the goal frame? Take, you know, doing, doing nobody, no good. Uh, let's, let's make, let's make a little adjustment. Yeah. This it's a lot of those. Um, you see a lot of, a lot of goalies, um, uh, for whatever reason, sometimes will have their, um, you know, you have your your top hand next to the the plastic that next to the head of the stick, and your bottom hand about hip width down the the handle. And a lot of goalies, a lot of times, their lower hand will have their, their that of their of that arm. They'll have their elbow locked, mm. and you just can't make an offside save with your bottom elbow locked. Yeah, well, you can, but it's a lot harder because you got to unlock. Both, I think both of your arms, both of your elbows, you know, need to be, it's almost like, um, again, 
playing shortstop in baseball, you, you, you know, you're bent at the knees, you're bent at the, at the waist a little bit, your, your hands are in front of you. Right. And, and you're ready to, you know, attack the ball or, or pounce on the ball. And, and, uh, yeah. you gotta have that, like, you know, you gotta be flexible. It's got, you gotta have, it's almost like riding a horse with your hands in there. You gotta have soft hands. We used to teach the kids to th- play, throw with the tennis ball. Because if you can control a tennis ball and your stick, a lacrosse ball is easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it softens your hands up. And and again, the more times you, you you make the saves and you collect it and keep it in your in your net in your in your bit, what do you call it? In, in your pocket, you know, it's more valuable than you don't want to give them those cheap goals where you know bounces out there and they get the garbage goals. Those aren't so good. Yeah, you want to control it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some goalies kind of set up like that, you know, where they're kind of like fully, fully extended with that, with that bottom hand. And that's one that I don't quite get. I I've also seen some goalies um, sort of like overextend the the top hand. And I had a goalie on um, who's, huh. in, who's in the pros. And what he said was he had this habit, you know, like when a shot's coming at you, especially nowadays, like how fast kids are shooting it, like goalies have this natural reaction to kind of like, shrink you know what i mean it's like it's like a like a a fear response and you, and your hands just naturally come in and what he said was my hand was always just naturally coming in when the shot happened so if i put it out a little bit by the time the shot was released i was actually in a perfect position yeah. as as opposed to starting in a perfect position and then and then bringing it in even more so it wasn't my style but it, it really worked for him and i mean that's yeah a premise of my show is that there's different styles and they can work for different people. Yeah. And, and, and there's no question. And again, a lot of it's by whether, you know, how tall somebody is or how short they might be or, yeah. you know, what have you, but you know, the, the key is like, you know, you can see some people, if you go play golf, you say, boy, they have an interesting swing, but you know, they hit it long and straight and yeah. you know, it, it works for them. So that's why I've always felt in coaching goalies. If, to me, if they were stopping the ball, I wasn't going to try to change their style. I might try to say you might it might be easier for you where you're standing if you think about standing here, because when you make that turn, you're almost already at the off pipe, as opposed to when you make it, you got two two steps to get to that offside pipe. And it's a lot of ground to cover or, you know, you're playing out too high on the arc, because if you, once you step to step to the ball to save it because you want to play a bounce shot right down near your shins. You don't want to play a bounce shot up near your ears, right? If you're too deep in a goal and somebody shoots off overhand bouncer, a lot of times if it's shot, it might come up to the top pipe. It's kind of tough to play it up on the, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're addressing the ball. So, you know, uh, you know, when you're in the cage, um, you, you just, uh, if you're too far out, you can actually literally find yourself saving the ball and you're outside the crease. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's all about being in good position and being thinking about, you know, where you want to be. And, uh, but, you know, I think that when you, when you, when you, the big thing with, in the goal is, is really, you know, again, it's, it's the mental part of just, Knowing that you know you're 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 working with your teammates to 
do everything you can to keep the ball out of the goal as much as possible. Years and years and years ago, we had a belief that we would score double digits in every game. That was our belief. And we had, and we um, felt that, and we talked about it and said, you know, if we just keep them to single digits, you know, that math works pretty good. And that we believe that we, we, um, as long as we can stay, you know, keep the opponent to nine or less. Mm-hmm. So towards a middle to the end of my college career, that was kind of the, the chatter in the defensive end of the field is, you know, like, let's just hold them to it. We're going to get ours. We're going to get our 12 or 14, but if we can keep them to eight or nine, we think we got a good shot because we didn't think other teams would hold us to eight or nine goals. And, um, you know, we were fortunate that a lot of great offensive players. Um, and, um, you know, it's interesting, but um, years ago, Damon, uh, our coaches somehow found a way to, to attract really talented contributors. These are these were what I would call some of the finest uh, uh, players that that were in our played in our program from other schools consistently. Um, if you look back over the 70s, late 70s, you know, in, in, in my freshman year, we had a kid that came up from uh, University of Virginia, Willie Hazelhurst. He was a phenomenal defenseman. And he would take me out on the practice field after practice and we would throw, we would practice clearing the ball more and more. And um, my sophomore year, we had a guy that came up from the Naval Academy, Bobby D. Simone. And um, he was a phenomenal midfielder. And then my junior year, we had Scotty Balger that came out of uh, Manhasset at a WNL. And then my senior year, we had a guy named Brendan Schneck who, from the Naval Academy also. And you know, our coaches, I guess, had a way to somehow find these really good additional players that could they could tuck into our uh, roster that nice. wanted to be that wanted to be in a in a program that had a, a wonderful tradition and um, you know had a uh, a lot of fun doing it, um, which was you know it was nice because uh, we always had some Long Island guys and we had some Baltimore guys and we had some guys from different places around the country. So, but at the end of the day, it was all just about being team and. Um, you know, having having a lot of fun because yeah, it was it. fun. <laughs> you know, yeah. we we enjoyed we enjoyed uh, we enjoyed the game. We really loved practices. Were fun. Yeah, they were they were they were they were work and they were hard. And then game day was even even more fun because if you know to play on a on Homewood was really something special. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, I, uh, I'm on quite a run here of interviewing uh, Hopkins goalies, by the way. So I, I interviewed Larry, Larry Quinn, um, who played a little bit uh, five, six years after you. And it's he mentioned that exact same thing that you did about uh, keeping them, if we could keep them under in single digits, if we can keep them in single digits. So it seems like that as part of a, a defensive culture uh, c- continued to Larry Quinn's team. <laughs> well, yeah, Larry, Larry, um, was one I'd always admired. A wonderful man, great player. Um, he made it look easy. One of the all timers. I saw where you had Scott on 
always admired him. Uh, you know, it's, it's great to hear, hear a lot of the comments and the thoughts of some of these, the folks that I have to try to see if I can catch uh, number seven's uh, podcast because I always enjoy to know how much Rodney's given back to the game. Uh, it's wonderful. Yeah, awesome. Um, and then the other thing, so then I interviewed uh, Jesse Schwartzman, who played, you know, well, well after you, but he also mentioned that same concept. I asked him, um, you know, his, his Hopkins team had an undefeated, they ran the table, um, I forget what year, but 16-0 and 0 national championship. And I said, you know, what was it about that team? And he said, just, the, you know, the practices. I mean, we would just battle and we would have fun and our coaches would even say like, hey, like, you guys actually have to pull it back a little bit when it was a, you know, a Friday kind of going into game day weekend. Cause they were just going too hard. And when you can bring that level of intensity, um, you know, on the, on the practice field, you just raise your level of play when it, when it's time, you know, when it matters, when, when, when it, when it's time to play the games. And it sounds like your team, your teams had that, had that same concept going on. Well, yeah, we practices were, were definitely, uh, and it was, it was uh, work, um, but you know, it, it's you, you knew what you were doing it for. You know, you were going out because you know you 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 were representing the Hopkins community. I mean, you're representing the school, and you know, if they're going to give you an opportunity to play there, you owe it to them to do the best you can. Yeah, love it. Awesome. Um, you know, if you had to go back and give the, the young Mike Federico some goalie advice, what, uh, what would that be? I would, I would share with, with, uh, the young Michael that, um, believe in yourself, work harder than anybody else. And most important, have fun. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Um, I read uh, that your nickname was Piggy. Where, where did this, what, what's the story behind this? Well, Piggy came back in uh, 1968. We were, my real, uh, I guess, uh, I guess enjoy enjoyment activity was football. I thought I was going to play a lot of football actually, but when I didn't get any bigger uh, and I wasn't much faster than anybody or even as fast as anybody, I would just somehow found my way into the creator's game. So, but, but we were playing in the neighborhood one time with a bunch of the old neighborhood guys, the Dornies and the Lacey's and the, and Vince Fitzpatrick said they give me the ball and we was in a we would go to this field where there wasn't a house built and we would play rain snow anytime and I was uh he kept giving me the ball and I would make it to the end and make the score and and one guy looked at me and turned to me and said man you're like trying to grab a greased pig and it just stuck and <laughs> I would get actually in college test papers back we had the blue books when we went to college the little blue books where you write your essays up and professors would write a comment on the outside of your blue book and uh, my professors would address me as piggy and my pop would call me that but it stuck in my father-in-law Bert Halsey called me piggy and uh yeah it stuck all right <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
I love it. That's awesome. Well, Michael, thank you so much for coming on, kind of sharing your story uh, a little bit. Who who else do you think I should interview? Who who would you like to see me interview as a as a lacrosse goalie? I tell you, um, I think one of the all time greats. Uh, a couple of them that I liked were were Butch Hilliard, mm-hmm. and and um, um, Ricky Blick. You know that name. I don't know. I have to look those You're guys. Kidding up. me? No. Well, Ricky Ricky Blick was either a three or four time first teamer. Okay. From Hobart. Hobart. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they they uh, and uh, actually Les Matthews was a great goalkeeper at Hopkins. Uh, Skeet Chadwick was a great goalkeeper. A WL guy. Um, Sal Acasio, I guess, was the name I remember, and. Uh, those are some names, yeah. All right, that's a good list. I'll, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get working on that make, list. Make sure you make it so it's you know when the, you put it out there, you got the good snips in there, and you cut out all the stuff that you know doesn't. I'm I'm have too much filler words in there if you don't mind. No, 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 no. We're good. This is a great I might episode. Get too, emo- too emotional sometimes. That's just my nature, but. Ah, oh, you're good. You're good. Well, Michael, thank you so much. This is awesome. Yeah. It was great, great to chat lacrosse goalies with you. Uh, you're looking great. Keep keep it up uh, and yeah. go go Blue Jays, huh? <laughs> yeah, they got they got a they got a big task tomorrow. But uh, I think uh, Pete and his his staff have figured out that number ten's the real deal. And and in my opinion, at least, and I I hope uh, the kid has a and the whole team has a a solid. Uh, outing. I think if they play the way they're capable, I think they got a good shot at San Maryland again. And then, you know, who knows? I mean, the ACC is loaded, but uh, yeah. you never know. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you get to the playoffs and it, you know, it, you stay healthy. Anybody that's up in that level can, can have, has a shot at it. If you don't believe it, you, you don't, don't be long out there, you know, but if you, you got to believe in yourself, you got to believe you can do it. And uh, if you believe it enough, you, you'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you, get, yeah. And if you yeah. get if you get hot, you know, if you get hot, it doesn't matter what happened in the season. If you're in the tournament and you get hot or a goalie gets hot. I mean, that's kind of like the cool part about being a goalie is that, you know, you've seen a lot of different examples of goalies getting hot and taking over the tournament. Um, yeah. And so it's Tillman Johnson, right? It's a classic example. Yeah. <laughs> Classic yeah. example. Hey, I, I'm really flattered you thought of me. I, you know, I, I, again, you know, I, I was very fortunate. I had great coaches. I had a great close defense of Dave Black and, you know, Lance Schneck and, and Hazelhurst and all these guys, Greenberg. And I mean, they go names going on, but I, we were really to, to be able to uh, go through a, a, a student athlete career that I was able to go through was, uh, you know, it's a, it's a dream, dream come true. So anyway, well, yeah, absolutely. I I consider it my, what you're doing. You're doing good, man. You're giving back. And, uh, and I really, uh, appreciate it. I'll keep following you and, uh, and I'm thankful. And again, uh, keep doing what you're doing because it's, it's a, it's a blessing. It's, it's always good to help other people. Thank you. Well, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, just kind of like you, my uh, lacrosse gave me so much and now giving back is just amazing and kind of going back and interviewing all of these 
goalies, uh, not to call you the previous generation of goalies, but I, I, I love it. You know, I love it. I love just chatting with older goalies and current goalies and just kind of building up this knowledge base that um, people who are learning the position can learn from because uh, I didn't have that when I was growing up and I wish I did. So I'm kind of kind of creating it now. Well, you know, actually, I don't know, which I, I got to go in a minute, but real quick, I just wanted to tell you, you know, one of the things that's interesting to me that, that, that I, I see like, and it looks to me like a weakness that's fairly characteristic is how often you see when they're clearing the ball out of these guys, they don't draw the man. Mm. And so they, they're, they're riding and, and they, the one guy's playing two guys and, you know, this, this really making it hard on their defense to, to clear the ball. I mean, you got to redirect the ball, right? You got it right away. You know, you can't hold the ball. Right. I don't know. I mean, that's the way I think of it is that, you know, maybe I'm missing something, but I think that the more you can keep that ball out of your stick, better off you are. Yeah. yeah well, the clearing game's a whole other, whole other, you know, bag of worms. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, if, if you don't have that immediate outlet, obviously there's going to be a two on one. You find that two on one, draw that person yeah. towards yeah. you and, and then dish it or keep yeah. going or keep going. Yeah. I'm totally cool with lacrosse goalies passing into the offensive zone and scoring goals yeah. and getting assists. Take care, man. All right. We'll see you. Thank you. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Hopkins legend. That's Mike Federico. You can just feel his passion for this position, for this sport. Awesome, awesome stuff. That'll do it for this week. We're heading into the offseason. It might be a great time for some lacrosse goalies to take a break, recharge mentally, you can check out the sessions of the Lacrosse Goalie Summit that we did last week. That was an amazing, amazing event. Pass.goaliesummit.com. You can still get access to all of those replay sessions for a limited time. Once again, hope you enjoyed that session. Great stuff from Mike Federico. I will see you guys next week. In the meantime, get out there, get some work in, do well, and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.